out to be a giant boar. I followed its trail westward through the mountains to where the samurai were attacking those villagers, but then... You lost it. That's life. See this place here? When I came here last a few years back, this was a lovely little village. But then there must have been a flood, or a landslide, or a fire. The only sure thing is that everybody's dead. These days, there are angry ghosts all around us. Dead from wars, sickness, starvation, and nobody cares. So you say you're under a curse? Well, so what? So's the whole damn world. I was wrong to fight in that village. Two men are dead because of me. Samurai thugs. You win some, you lose some. Here, hand me your bow. My point is everybody dies, boy. Some now, some later. From brothel girl to emperor. Huh. Billy Bob Thornton as Jigo from Princess Mononoke. Now, in case you guys couldn't tell, this is going to be a different, little bit different version of a Thursday episode than you're probably used to. For a bunch of real life reasons that I think are pretty important. And the reason why I'm doing all this work, honestly. But, on that note, I am Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. And before we get right out, down into the meat of what I'm doing here, I wanted to encourage you to go listen to the episode on Spriggan, which is the previous Thursday episode in the feed, and the previous Sunday episode, which is all about what an what an ending could look like what like episodic endings could look like and my thoughts about basically shotgunning all of um dc's young justice into my skull over the course of like a couple weeks um but on that note let's jump in right into what we're talking about today and what we're talking about today is Related to the Supreme Court decisions, specifically the um, decision about Roe versus Wade and um, the decision about um, a the the ability to essentially be able to carry guns without anybody knowing in New York State, and I so I generally like about. Right before I decide when, just to give you an idea of what the pro, what my process is for recording this show is, I have an idea of what I want to talk about for usually about af, for the Thursday shows. Right before I record the current Thursday show I'm working on, or right after, and then I either go about watching it or refresh myself on it. In rare occasions, I get ideas like this, and I got enough of them when I started doing the Sunday editions. And the Sunday editions are more, as I've said, usually in the in the outros of every episode, they're more metatextual, they're more industry-focused, and stuff like that. This is different. This is a lot different. This is more of a exploration of what anime... As a medium, as a medium with creators who make it, is trying to do sometimes. Now, I want to stress, this is not always the case. There are plenty of anime that are just, like, fun romps and slightly shitty and there's no real meat behind them. Um, that doesn't make them bad, that doesn't make them good, that, doesn't, that just means that they are functioning the same way that, like, a popcorn action movie functions. 
And those come with all the ups and downs of, you know, the world that those creators grew up in, the, like all that stuff. They, it comes with all the baggage all the time. Everybody's susceptible to it all the time. Um, but what I wanted to do here is there are lots of people, not just in anime, but in the creative world in general, who make things with the ideals behind them that they want to see in the world, or they grew up thinking they wanted to, to promote. Um, one of the reasons I did, one of the reasons I did, I initially did panels, anime panels at anime cons in um, New York City, and also eventually this podcast was because I wanted to add my voice to those kinds of things. And occasionally, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've noticed I've taken the opportunity of a couple shows to, of most of the shows that I've covered to really talk about them and talk about what they're trying to put out into the world. And my reasoning behind that is this. And I've, I've talked about grim, dark shows before. Um, a few seasons back, one of the most popular shows, and it's still pretty popular from what I can tell, was this little show called Tanya the Evil. And Tanya the Evil... There's no way around it. it. It glorified Nazis. Just no way around it. And it... I heard a... Um, I heard a... I heard a diff, I heard an anime YouTuber say, if you are part of the anime, if you are an influencer in this space, you should be using your influence to, like, influence everybody who watches you and, like, keeps them out of the alt, the quote-unquote alt-right pipeline. I don't try to talk, I don't necessarily want to talk about politics at all times, and I try and stay away from it as much as I can, but with the world... With, with America and also the world shifting in the way that shifted lately, I think that it's pretty important that I do an episode like this. And that's where I want to start our first kind of look, is at that speech in um, Princess Mononoke. Um, you can actually find that speech over on Daily Motion, although I'm sure you can find it on um, on YouTube as well. But you can find it on Daily Motion. It's in the kind of it's kind of at the end of the first third of Princess Mononoke, and it is and I and I mentioned it before at the end of the speech, but it is Billy Bob Thornton's speech as Jigo, the like monk character, to to Ashitaka. And it's essentially... He's... He's telling you who that character is in that moment. That character doesn't really care about... The, like, day-to-days of what happens. He just kind of lays everything out as it is. And as it's equal. And he says the whole world's fucked up. 
and he he says it really at the best at the end of the speech. He says, "So you say you're under a curse? Well, so what? So's the whole damn world." And you encounter him in that movie. You encounter that speech in that movie after you've seen this poor Prince Ashitaka fight this giant boar demon, get cursed, get exiled from his village forever, his, including his family and his little sister. And that means that his village is essentially going to culturally die out because there's no... There's no... The last prince has left the um, the Amishi people, is what they call the tribe of people who um, are in who who he leaves from in the very first part of Princess Monoki. And you just kind of like sit with this guy. He has this sad, slightly murderous, cursed arm, um, and Jigo straight up approached him. He's like, "So what?" Like, everybody's fucked. It, it, it's all fucked. Like, like get yours. And later, and spoilers for Princess Monoki, actually. Later on in the movie, you find out that Jigo, that Jigo and Lady Eboshi are both, for totally separate reasons, trying to get their hands on the head of the forest spirit because the emperor believes it will make him live forever. Like, eating it or something will make him live forever. And Jigo and Lady Eboshi do not care about this shit. They do not care if it works. They care about the fact that they are going to get a insane amount of money for just cutting off the head of, like, the deer with the human face who makes plant growth under his feet, which... Couldn't possibly be related to the giant murderous death god that wanders the forest at night. That would be insane. Um, <laughs> and like cutting off that thing's head. Essentially going going out into the woods hunting down a special deer. And delivering its head to a rich guy. Will make them wildly wealthy. And will in Jigo's case make him wildly wealthy. But will in Lady Eboshi's case like... She's doing it for a end to support this thing, this like massive village she's created of people that she's rescued from all over society. But the real thing that I think that this illustrates, not with Lady Eboshi, because Lady Eboshi eventually like learns and she grows. Um, and by the end of that movie, she is a different person and she's like, ah, I fucked this up, didn't I? I should try again and maybe not fuck up that hard ever again. But Jigo never, and Jigo ultimately dies, I think. I'm pretty sure. Jigo never changes. He never adapts. He, he's doing the thing for the money. And right up until literally the very last moment, he, I, don't, I don't think you see him die on, die on screen. I'm, I'm not sure he lives or dies. Um, when I stop and think about it, but it's not important. Right up until the very last moment, he's holding on to that dream of he's gonna get the win. He's gonna eke out the win. He's gonna get the money. And in the case of all the bad stuff happening 
in the world right now. All the, like, backfighting, all the war, all the everything. There's at least one person thinking that. Putin, he's looking at, he's looking at um, Ukraine and he's thinking, in the end, I'll get Ukraine, I'll get the money. And what that means is, I'll get myself out of this jam that I've, like, driven Russia in because Russia has been, like, mined of its wealth by a handful of people. So it needs to expand so hopefully it can get out of its own fucking logjam. It's not going to. It like, it... But the thing that these people are thinking is if it does it, if it gets me... To a better place. That's fine. I don't care about the rest of the world. And that, and I think this speech, this like deeply dark and like nihilistic speech that ends up in so what? None of it matters. Sorry, I'm sorry. Your your life sucks. Everybody' life sucks. My and that by the end of the movie is revealed to be like. Yeah, everybody's life sucks, but my life won't suck after I do this thing. It's such a telling thing about what's happening now. And about power's desire to hold on to power in a way that it doesn't... Not in a way that it doesn't right now... But in a way that it doesn't have... That that we haven't experienced in such a violent and unescapable way in a long time. So on that note, I here is another clip from a, another entirely different show that has to do with consequences. A certain dictator passed a law which made abortion illegal. His plan was to ensure a workforce for the future of the country. In reality, most were too poor to provide for their children. Many families had no choice but to put their kids in state-run orphanages. The secret police found numerous uses for these orphans. The dictator was killed, but the orphans remained. Born of his policy... Brad Swale as Rock, Black Lagoon. Now here's what I want to talk about the consequences of the stuff happening because we just saw this huge ruling from the Supreme Court that takes us 50 years back that takes us that takes the country to a time before Roe v Wade before auto- not only autonomy over women's bodies were their own but before there was a right to control when you do or don't have children in every state. So that clip is from um, Black Lagoon, as, a, um, as I attributed it to. But it, it's a great... Th- the thing I always like about it and the thing that made me immediately think about it in this context is that it it is a character who is knowledgeable having 2020 hindsight on 
an entire country's policies. And if you wondered if that particular little history moment for um, Hansel and Gretel in that show was real, it is, and I'm going to make sure to include a link to the kind of disturbing history of those characters as presented in actual real life around the 60s. Um, and you'll see you'll see what it did to that to the country. I forget the exact country, but you'll see what it did to that country, and you'll see the results of the of that kind of pendulum swing and that kind of loss of control over not just female autonomy or female freedom, but of population growth and that demand for population growth and. The reason why I played the Princess Mononoke um, speech in the beginning is a because it's a great speech, but b because it really under it really illustrates the kind of mindset of many people who are making these decisions right now. They, like I said, for that after we heard that speech. They don't really care what happens in the future. They care what happens right now. Or, or, to put it this way, they care what happens in the future. But they don't care about the collateral damage. The like spiraling out of collateral damage that it will cause. In Rock's little history lesson, he says exactly what the ramifications of that were and there were certainly more ramifications of it in reality than what he mentioned but state-run orphanages filled up you know there were there were kids that were there were children that were essentially like not just homeless but like guidanceless and like could there were children that could easily be taken off of a roster. And yes, this is exaggerated for the sake of making the, like, antagonists of that arc Hansel and Gretel. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be that far from reality. The, especially when you stop and you think that the person who created Black Lagoon, I forget the manga's name... But the person who created the Black Lagoon also created, um, what the, um, in this corner of the world. Which, if you haven't seen this in this corner of the world, I do talk about it, um, as a separate podcast. You could go find it in the podcast feed. But it's an astonishingly sad thing. It like is in competition f- with. Grave of the Fireflies is the most, like, soul-crunching movie about the consequences of what America did to Japan to win World War II. It, it is soul-crushing. In a, like, in a way that you... That even Grave of the Fireflies doesn't feel as soul-crushing as soul crushing in some way as in this corner of the world. So if like you like if you like a good hard cry, that'll that'll get you every time. Like if you if you've got tears in your head, you'll get them out. But 
the reason why I say this is because the thing that this mangaka, the mangaka who, or the author behind Black Lagoon, excels in, and the thing that he plays with in Black Lagoon and later in in this corner of the world is, and I imagine why it takes him so long to make Black Lagoon, is that he is playing with the emotionality of the consequences of things that are out of our control. And, and the emotionality of the consequences of... Things of, of the unintentional ramifications that people in power who make decisions don't think about and don't care to think about before or after when they make those decisions. But if you are a human person, if you're presented with that reality, if you're presented with, you know, states full of full orphanages all over America in three, in like five years in a decade, because there is no right to abortion in red states, then if you, you know, grab a Republican senator and you drag them by, by, their, by their hair into one of those orphanages and you say, look at this. This is what this did. This is what you, this is what your scheme did. And that's that's the bit that's the big thing is that I know that like Black Lagoon has a lot of like grim darkness going on for itself, but the thing that Black Lagoon does the best is that and Black Lagoon like I I came to the Princess Mononoke speech, but Black Lagoon specifically is the thing that inspired what I wanted to do with this episode, this odd thing that I'm doing here. And the reason I think, it's not just because it plays so much with emotionality, but it is this land that it is takes place in Rowenapur primarily, and later on in Japan, kind of. But it is this supreme demonstration of people who are living in kind of the morass of the consequences of things that have been done to them. You find out in later arcs that Revy was physically and sexually abused as a child. And like that, and her value, she equated value with killing and with so quickly with money because she started doing that from an early age. But also, you find out later that she sees value in sexuality as a thing that is sold, but not a thing that is necessarily experienced by her. Because there's a scene where she, in, um, in the most recent arc of the manga, where she is straight up plays dom dominatrix at the end of it. And it's like, it's a very clear demonstration of, oh, she'll do this if someone pays her enough. And she's very good at it because she has experienced it for an uncomfortable amount of time. 
and the a lot a lot of like badass grim dark stories do stuff like this in anime that they present you as characters who are fundamentally like altered and changed and like messed with and they they're like okay in order for you to understand this character you need to understand where they come from and they either do it well or they don't do it well but they take you through it and more often than not the like especially in black lagoon the reason Belalenka is the way she is the reason Benny is in Rowanapur at all. The reason Dutch is in Rowanapur all goes back to one thing. It goes back to the people in power, the people who were their commanding officers, were their, the government of their country, did not see enough value in them to consider the ramifications of totally fucking them over. Uh, the, the very first arc of Black Lagoon is ostensibly Rock coming to grip with the fact that he is not a valued member of his workplace and that like his the work he has put in at his job means nothing if they can turn a profit and he happens to die <laughs> and When they return to Japan in this show, they show this very, like, kind... They show... They show an odd perspective of Japan. One that is... Probably partially true. It is this perspective of Japan as this thing that Rock... Is kind of happy not to be able to go back to at the, at the very end of... By the very end of, um the Yakuza gangster arc, as I always call it. And that's because he slowly remembers, like, this sucked. Like, it sucked to live here. It sucked to, just, like, do this. My life was shit. And my life was shit because of all of these societal norms and societal things that just aren't dealt with. Yeah, and in terms of his reflection on the like and you see this in rocks throughout the show his reflection on people in power is never very he never thinks highly of them because to be in power means to him to exert that power over someone and you see this in every, in every other, like, bad guy, in every other, like, side character who has any kind of power in the show. Including Revy. Like, they all exert their will over whatever. This includes Chang, this includes Balalanka, and everybody else. And at the end of the day, the removal of a right that not even the removal of the right the removal of an ability to control your own biology because that's really what 
abortion is. It's the ability of a woman to say, I'm not in a place right now where I want to produce a child or, or, or I can responsibly produce a child. I'm going to choose to not do that right now. And I reserve the right to choose to be able to do it later or not. And the fact that now in this country, every, every man, every man has the right to fuck. Every man has the right. By the way, this is this is a super. This is a super. It's gonna have super like curse words in it. I'm sorry, um, but every man has the right to go online and get himself his fix of erectile dysfunction pills with names of everything from Blue Chew to fucking Roman. But every woman can't control what the consequences of sleeping with a guy is. That's fucked up. Because at the end of the day, if a one night stand results in a pregnancy, there's no real way to guarantee that the guy is as into is as in it for that pregnancy as the woman is. That could that one night stand could have been guy just roll through, had some fun, and nine months later the girl he had some fun with had had some pregnancy and she doesn't even know the dude's name. And that's a possibility. I'm not entirely sure how high a possibility is, but it's a possibility. The other thing, and Mark Marin said this, and he 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 said the thing that you're supposed to say after it to like assure you that he knows how fucked up his brain is for thinking this. But he was really true. He said, like, I always think whenever they like announce something like an abortion ban or something like that. That I'm that I'm next on the list, and you shouldn't think that because that gives you a kind of self-importance that, and that's not the point. But it's also not wrong. You know, in his descent of in his defense in his defense of Roe versus Wade that he wrote himself, um, Justice Thomas, a fucking prick bag, said. We're coming after. We're coming after all these other things. He basically said every that they were going after everything except for loving versus Virginia, which is the thing that may, that allows him to remain married to his wife. Wonderful fucking side mouth talker that he is. And if you don't know anything about loving versus Virginia, that's the um, Supreme Court decision that guarantees the right to be able to. Marry who the fuck you want, um, but the but but all these other cases that were decided in similar ways but are not defendable in the Constitution are now up for grabs, which means that he gets to roll back increasingly more that the court gets to roll back increasingly more freedoms that people have and. Eventually, they will get to something that will matter to you. 
in some way, shape, or form. And if you think, oh no, this means that, you know, I'm not any of those things. What if, let's say, in, oh, a year, the court gets around to the ADA. The, uh, and this is pretty personal for me because I'm a disabled person. But the court gets around to the ADA and says, this isn't guaranteed in the Constitution because it was written in 1912 when if you were crippled, you were dead um, pretty quick because, you know, medicine was not a thing. Like, the solution to your bad teeth was not to help you fix your teeth. It was to pull them out and replace them with wooden teeth. Um, AD, the ADA has no right to exist. The ADA has no right to exist. That means that buildings no longer need elevators. That means that buildings no longer need wheelchair ramps. That means that, build, that parking lots no longer need disabled spaces. And let's say couple weeks after that you're like oh this hasn't changed my life this this much break your leg break your leg just walking down the stairs not paying attention break your leg you are now disabled and there are now a whole universe of stuff that it that could be way harder for you because you know a company built like a the new grocery store by you didn't feel the need to build a automatic door because it was just that much more expensive. You know, didn't feel the need to build a ramp because that's a lot of concrete and we can save money there. You know, all of this stuff, all of this stuff that you don't think protects you does. And let's also say that, like, you know, you been going good with a with with a girl with a girl for a while you've been going good with a guy for a while if you're a woman that means that you have to consider like do I really want to take this risk if you're a man that means the woman has to consider do they really want to take this risk like a lot of relationship a lot of like early relationship stuff is going to be very different because one end of the equation has so much more to lose because they don't have the same rights on both ends of the spectrum. And that's, that's a really important thing. And the very last clip I want to play here is about the kind of ultimate consequences of these kinds of decisions and of and they're kind of like rippling through because that's the really the thing I want you to pull away from this because like I said at the very beginning of the podcast the thing that so disturbed me about the like Nazi glorification of Tanya the Evil was not necessarily the Nazi glorification it was how willing to accept that and how willing to just like make that just like the flavor of the season for a popular show, people were. It is. Let me 
let me be really, really clear here. Germany is a lot of things. It is not perfect, but something that they did that was very calculated was they created a kind of air of shame around the country's perpetration of World War II. And they under and they make sure that every German school kid understands. And yes, German party, G Germany has been having a rise in the in Nazis lately, like like in in recent years. But they have such rules about hate speech and about like perpetration of hateful acts and crimes. That it is a kind of never again, it is kind of a maximalist never again kind of thing. To the extent that, like, you can't use Nazi iconography in something in Germany. So, in the same way that, like, stuff is censored to, like, be released in China, stuff is altered and censored to be released in Germany very heavily. Like, um, I believe Wolfenstein got a whole new name and has a whole different look in as of game in Germany because they're like this this shit is poison we don't want to be messing around with it because oops we might have that one kid like the kid from the bat from Batman Beyond who are real into robot Hitler <laughs> um if you're wondering what I mean um there was a kid in Batman Beyond who I think came from an abusive household. I think that was part of it. Who was real into that um, sound-based bad guy from Batman Beyond. He was like his biggest fan and ended up being kidnapped by him. It was a whole thing. But, like, Germany is like, we're not even taking that chance. We're not even allowing that. We're not even allowing this to, to like, exist to breathe air. We are choking in the bathtub as soon as we goddamn can. And... So little of that is done in other countries, including America, that something like Tanya the Evil is just a thing that was written as a light novel concept in Japan. And to give you an idea, like if somebody came to you and was like, kind of shitty asshole business worker gets reincarnated as a tiny girl who becomes a, a like high-ranking Nazi officer in like fantasy Germany, you would probably look at them kind of sideways. You're like, mm, why, why? But why the Nazis? <laughs> like, why, why did we pick, why did we pick war, war crimes are us on this one? That's not really necessary. Like that seems like you do. It seems like you're making more work for you to humanize them. Which, by the way, not an admirable goal. And as a result of that, you have lots of people who like don't. You just don't get it. Like they don't understand it uh, on, on both ends. I've had um, friends say, ask me straight up, like. Why, why is, 
why did Japan fetishize Nazi uniforms so much? And I straight up, like, somebody asked me that. Like, some, the way somebody asked me this, the way my friend Anton asked me, um, A- Anton asked me this was like, yeah, what's with Japan and the Nazis? And I just straight up went like, yeah, you know everything Germany did? They did none of that. Like, they did no, like, oops, we fucked up. And granted, Japan had a very different relationship with, like, World War Two than than Germany did because like they were the aggressors make no mistake they like flew planes into our docks it's a whole thing there's a day for it but we they are also the only country to experience the horrors of a nuclear weapon being dropped on them twice um so you can understand some of their weirdness around the whole thing. But what I'm trying to say here is that, like, the ramp is steep and quick in anime if you're looking for it for alt-right bullshit. Now, granted, much of the, much of the most popular anime is pretty progressive like if you look at something like um one piece for example one piece is a colorful cast of characters from all over the world like from japan luffy's from brazil usab is just an african dude um zoro's from japan i that travel around the world and like I think, let me put it this way, I think that the phrase be gay and do crime may apply very heavily to One Piece. Like, they are just, they are just fabulously torn the seas, telling the world government to go fuck itself, and it's great. They are living, like, the liberal libertarian dream to the max. And in that show, the government are fucking idiots and assholes and largely evil. So, like, more power to Luffy and his crew. In, um, say, Naruto, ostensibly one of the most popular animes of all time, um, that show is about a entire culture that created a caste system that turned a little kid into an outcast after a war took both of his parents from him and essentially made him into like a demon child that he didn't have any control over that entire show is ostensibly a run-up to him becoming the ninja president and they never let you forget that. Now, granted that it got... Naruto has some issues with the way it does that, but largely it is about acceptance... It is about one's acceptance into a community and then one's acceptance and one's... Be, and that person being raised up in that community. And that's a pretty friggin' cool thing. 
like I said, a lot of anime is very progressive. And a lot of anime is very progressive and very, the kids are all right, everything is cool. Like, the future's where that shit's cool, the, the kids will get this figured out. Um, another great example of this is the show Kill a Kill. Kill a Kill is like, hey, are you... Are you in your 40s? Then maybe no. Then maybe, then maybe you're not aware of that. <laughs> but that's kind of what that show's about. And like everybody above a certain age is probably evil in that show. Um, but... Or at the very least, kind of mistaken. Um, but... The... And that's another part of the thing here. That the... Age of the people making these decisions. It's not... It's not good. It's not great. It's like, it's too high. You know, you shouldn't... You shouldn't... There are plenty of things you can still do in your 70s. I'm not trying to say that you can't. But if you're over the age of 75... Maybe they shouldn't let you drive a country. Because you... Be, so, there's been a bunch of... There's been a bunch written about written about this decision by other justices. Even justices who wanted this to happen but didn't want this to happen this way. And um, I think it was Alito who basically said, like, what are you fucking dickheads doing? We could have gotten this done over, like, five years. We could have gotten this done in a way that was measured and less... and, and somehow less shitty. But no, you guys did it immediately now because this is... because to you, this is the goal. This is, this is the beginning of the goal. And there's a great quote that basically says, um, and actually, it's a, it's a quote that inspired a very touching moment in um, another show I've talked about, Abba Nabashi Shopping Arcade. And that quote is, A kind man is a man who plants a tree whose shade he, he knows he will never enjoy. And... With the like, with the ruling with guns, and now the ruling with abortion, and I'm sure rulings with other things as soon as they get the fucking chance. This doesn't feel like they're they're setting up beauty in the country that they won't get to enjoy. It feels like they've got the reins and they can do it, and it sucks, and. I had a thought, and this is a very One Piece-esque thought, in that, like, part of the reason that we need these guarantees is because no one can be trusted to hold the keys to, to, that, king, to that kingdom. To, no one can be trusted with the buttons 
with the switchboard essentially. So the switch, so the room needs to be locked and nobody needs to be allowed into it. No one should have to say, "Hey, every woman has a right to decide what she wants to do with her body when." But because someone attempted it, someone had an opinion on it when they shouldn't have. Now we have to make a rule about it. And because there was a rule about it, a bunch of people got together and said, we hate that rule. Because, because it allows us less control over these people we feel we have control over. And so much about anime is about taking your own control. About, ta- about the character taking their own control over a situation somehow, some way. Ultimately, in Black Lagoon, Rock is the person kind of running the show. He's the one pulling the strings. He and it's it's shown to be like a like murderous endeavor. Like he's shown to not be a great person when he's doing this, and. In the most recent arc of the manga, he, like, when he's pulling the strings, Revy's like, hey, um, you're not great right now, bud. Not, don't seem mentally stable. Don't seem like, don't seem like the guy I'm into. Please don't. Please just don't. Maybe, please just don't, like, completely tip over that edge. Because... You need to not for me. <laughs> and that's a big consideration in Rock's head as well. But this... This shit is bad. This this shit will have... This shit will have... Impacts on the future that we can guess at. Because... It's happened before, I promise. I'm going to include the video about the history behind the vampire twins from Black Lagoon. And you'll see, this shit has happened before. And this shit will happen... And this shit will attempt to happen again. But everyone, everyone, whether they are... Left, right, or center, should be... Concerned... With making sure that it doesn't. In the same way that Germany was like, whoa, we almost steamrolled over the world and anything that wasn't paper white with blue eyes and blonde hair was like, hey, we need to never do that again. And for our last little clip, I want to play this clip from um, a soon-to-be-rebooted show called Trigon, because I think it's really important. So, here. The damage and casualties are just getting worse by the moment. I cannot believe we still haven't caught this guy after four hours of fighting. Caught him? The guy's impossible. He's managed to run away without returning a single bullet. He's just too good for us. If we make him mad, there's no telling. Chairman, perhaps we should stop this while the city is still standing. That goes without saying. Where can I find the man in charge? I need to speak to him. And just who are you people? Let me see the man in charge! 
How can you allow this to happen? This is an outrage! Uh. You can't possibly take out the humanoid typhoon, no matter how many thousands of people you set on him. Uh, yes, I know that the risk is very high. But, miss, you must understand that we really need that 60 billion double dollars. It's for the plant, isn't it? That's right. Because of a support system bug, over half of the plant is completely unusable. But if you mess with Mr. Vash and the entire city gets wrecked, you're going to have a lot more than just the plant to worry about. Oh, no. Huh? It may already be too late. So I love this quote, this this conversation, because it's from a bunch of different voice actors. The um, voice actor I want to note here is um, actually Mer Meryl Streisand's voice actor, voice actor, and that is um, Dorsey Ellis um, Fawn. And this is from this is a conversation from episode I believe five, um, Hard Puncher from um, Trigon, and the reason why this is such a kind of great conversation is because it is if you don't know anything about Trigon, basically the the gist of it at this point is that these two character two female characters you hear talking here are. Insurance agents are like unwitting insurance agents who have been told to go track down this the main character of the show, Vasha Stampede, otherwise known as the Humanoid Typhoon, because he is causing these massive insurance debacles all all over the world of the show called Gunsmoke. Now, if you've seen this show. You know that there's a certain point at which it is revealed that this is not Earth. Like, Earth, Gunsmoke is specifically not Earth. And this is really the true gift of, um, of, um, Trigon. It presents this world with this understanding and a, of a 2020 hindsight that is really what I think the, really what I think is going to have to happen for something like the abortion ruling and the gun ruling that we saw from the Supreme Court this week. Is it, the dumbasses are going to have to learn the hard way and it's going to suck, is what I will say. And what I mean by that is... Everybody making all these rulings, everybody, like, forcing... forcing states to do things and forcing states to not do other things are thinking about what they believe the country should be whether or not that's good or bad for everybody involved it is a bad thing that for for everybody involved that in some parts of the country right now women have just had their bodily autonomy trampled on period end it is bad that in some parts of the country, the gun laws will be forced to be changed. Both of these rulings will force people to, will create scenarios in which people will die. You know, because someone can now conceal carry, they can bring guns into any part of, any part of society they want to and nobody knows. Because in some states, abortion is now illegal 
you know, there are people saying all over the internet, delete your period trackers so they don't know when you've had your last period. You know, do all of these precautions because all of that stuff will eventually be used against you once they figure out how. But we need to get in front of it. And the result is, is people's lives will be in danger. You know, in states where there is no exception for life of the mother, or even in states where there are, being pregnant and the pregnancy going horribly wrong means that that woman or that person will die. You know, in states where, as mentioned in the clip I played earlier from Um, Black Lagoon, those children, states that have, like, masses of children who can't really be cared for will be given up. And will go into the foster system, and the foster system will eventually, like, have a crushing burden to it that it doesn't currently. And the... The thing about, the thing that Trigun sees, the thing that Trigun kind of exemplifies in its, not really its story, its story is very much one about peace and love and all that good stuff, but in its concept is, wouldn't it have been nice if humanity had the foresight to heed the warnings and understand that we're gonna fuck this all up if we don't fix it, and in the, like, setting of Gunsmoke, the planet that Trigun takes place on, because, spoilers for Trigun, seriously, um, humanity got on all of these giant ships and left Earth. And left Earth largely in, like, a state of hibernation. Like, they all went into hibernation and were on these big ships and only certain people were awake to run the ships. And you realize that Earth got done in by humanity. And, like, humanity tried to take precaution, did not do a very good job, of, like, whatever planet we f land on next, when we shape it, it needs to look very different than it did before. Because we will screw it up again. And a, hu a huge part of, like, the explanation of how you get, of how the humanity got to Gunsmoke, is straight up like, hey, um, we fried the Earth. We, actually, I think they're actually clearer than that. They say, we fried the Earth because, f for us, because we didn't get it. Like, we didn't get it in time. We didn't heed the warning. We didn't listen to the people who knew what they were doing. And the... The villain of Trigon, Vash's brother Knive, very much still sees humanity as a bunch of dumbasses. Like, a bunch of dumbasses who still aren't getting it through their skulls. That, like, this is not, this is not the deal. This is not the thing that they should be spending their time on. And... I think that that's why Trigon is probably remembered the most, um, the, not the most, but so fondly is that it has this air of, like, really sticking to its guns, picking, uh, picking an ideology that's about peace, that's about forward movement, 
is about like preservation for the future and just sticking to that 900%. You know, there's I think it's episode 3 where you meet a the villain of that episode is this character who is hoarding water and selling water and it's just presented as like a normal thing until you realize he has totally fucked up the water table for the town he lives in and he is manipulating it and trying to like drive the price up. He's a capitalist asshole who's willing to kill to get his way. And I'm gonna bring this back to the um, Prince of Mononoke of speech that um, Billy Bob Thornton's character gives. That's how lots of people are thinking about their decisions. They're thinking about not necessarily the rights of the woman who is who could get pregnant. They are thinking about a workforce for the future, as once again Rock mentioned. They are thinking about, you know, their rights, not everyone's rights and how they interact. And I really love Trigon because like I said, it has this very deep hindsight to especially the character of Vash, but really the whole of the show and the way that it portrays itself. And I think that... I think that we need to start striving for... other... for, for people who represent us to have that same hindsight. To, to attempt to think of that same hindsight. It doesn't need to be quite so comic booky and cartoony as this is how you create monsters. But really, in reality, it should be. Because I chose that clip from Black Lagoon because it is, it is one of the most direct things to the abortion ban. But in reality, much of the cat, much of the, all of the cast of Black Lagoon is are results of their lives being fucked with by external forces more powerful than than them at the time. It, Balalenka in that show is really is an ex is a when she was a child hoped to be a um, Olympic gymnast, and then she became a by no fault of her own, became a Russian paratrooper. And then when Russia fell the fuck apart in the 80s, they just kind of abandoned them after making them run, like, deeply war criminal bullshit missions for their entire lives. And so they were left to join the Russian mafia, where she climbed up the ranks and became this huge capitan of the Russian mafia, mostly because... Of all of her other, like, underling soldiers who served under her in the Russian military who don't trust anybody else. Who straight up have, like, a freakish devotion to her that is not replicable in the, like, ranks of the Russian mafia. And she goes over this story. She, like, straight up tells you, tells the viewer, like, this is what happened. This is why we're all fucked up like this. Revy, as I said in the, when I was talking about that clip, it 
is was sexually and physically abused and mentally abused by lots of people growing up on the streets of New York City as just like a street urchin, deeply poor child. And, you know, Rock was abandoned by his company. Dutch was abandoned by his country. The government of America came after Benny and he ran. Like, these are all people who live in the deep consequences of something much larger than them acting not only not always directly against them but acting against them on like a full-on societal level the one of the better depictions of the like other side of this on um in 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 of all of all the examples that i given here is actually in black lagoon in the very in the end of the very first arc they make sure to show you Rock's boss, I forget um, his, the boss's name, um, going home to his family after he has, you know, hired, hired a, a, like, a, like, a military dog t to, like, take a chopper out and blow up his former underling employee. And he just, like, sips his coffee and he doesn't remember a single thing about it. And, like, that's meant to be incredibly cruel of that character. And it is. But it's also meant to demonstrate, like, the salaryman mentality that is baked into this person. Who has so much been, like, formed by the society that, like, pulled him through its own machinery that at the other end he just done some inhuman shit to another human being and doesn't it doesn't even doesn't even chart he doesn't even remember the color of the sea in where he just was it was just another day at the office and that's really what we need to as people keep from happening because that's when the real cruelty of the world works its like terrible magic is when this abortion ruling has sat as part of the law of the land in many places for so long that the terrors seem so mundane that they stop being remem like remembered and reported and one of the reasons why so many activists why so many activists are Saying, like, hey, you know, like, offer helping hand to people. Like, I have thought about, like, hey, I could super easily set up, like, a P.O. box to P.O. box situation where I could just mail abortion pills just unmarked from, like, end to end and people could get them. And curiously enough, the social media places where like you can post all this stuff is trying to take it down like nobody's business because they are trying to adhere to the law of the land in states where it's legal in states where it's illegal all all over the country so if you try and post something in new jersey it will get taken down because they know that you know it will be seen by people in texas and that's not okay like none of this is okay the the fact that 
the fact that they that a single group that a single group of five people have created a norm that will create indescribable harm for more than 50, for 51% of the population of America is terrifying and the reason why I wanted to why I wanted to do this episode was because yes there are will always be fucked up anime like um what's it called like um Tanya the Evil Tanya the Evil is like a fucked up product of a fucked up like of a bunch of things there will always be shows like that and like you can name half a dozen of like you know um redo of healer um that magical girl um military that like military-esque magical girl show from a couple years ago i did i um spec ops Oscar. i did a whole show on that nightmare um and i i've covered those things and i've been very honest like this stuff is not great this stuff is not a good look it's not it's not not good (laughs) there will always be stuff like that but by and large, much of the shows that like stick in people's brains are from creators who have deep beliefs that this stuff, that like the consequences of all of these deeply alt-right, deeply anti-individualistic and anti-humanist things that happen in the world are wrong and they're wrong not because of any fundamentalist blah 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 blah. they're wrong because they're the kinds of things that ripple out eventually and create monsters you know the last thing i'll say is is uh, towards the back half of towards the back third of trigon there's a group of episodes that details knives and vash growing up as like seeds who hatched early who like came out of their pods um on the big like spaceships that were taking um humanity to their next frontier and you see how they're treated and you realize that like knives is not the nightmare the the that there's there is a miracle in there and the miracle is that like vash just like is still a good person like he's still a kind gentle soul whereas knives is is this monster that was created out of that environment and the fact that vash did not become that way also is stunning and there's a um whole video and i'm gonna put the um video that it specifically explores, and I've said this before. I said this before in the episode that explores the background and the backing of um, of the vampire twins from Black Lagoon. Um, in the in the uh, I'm gonna link that in the show notes. But the, that same YouTube, that same YouTuber, did a really good explanation of like how this show explains how monsters are made. And if you want to, like... Lots of... Lots of ink has been spilled about all the shootings in, 
in America and how they became unstable because they were incels and incels are a result of like, you know, women not paying attention to people who want to be paid attention to. And on one side, people are saying like, why should they have to pay attention to these weirdos? And on the other side, people are saying because it's good for society and why do they feel so important? And the result of more of more people being put into the world without a system that is willing to care for them or is capable of caring for them will be like just not maybe not necessarily two murderous gender gender fluid twins but like from Romania um but like it will be it won't be good and i think that's really the point of a city like Rowanapur, because just Rowanapur is basically like a human drain. It is the lowest point, so to speak. And there are people who thrive in that lowest point, but by and large, everyone you meet in there, they ended up there because they didn't really have a whole lot of places to go. And it, like that show's point about the world is that Rowanapur came, like Rowanapur, the need for a city like Rowanapur came from somewhere, is coming from somewhere. And the show seemed to make the argument that it's largely coming from the idea that humans are treating humans pretty fucking badly in most of the world. And I think we as Americans who believe in, who want to believe in each other, forgot. A, A, we forgot that, like, we gotta shore this shit up. Like, if we get a, if we get out of this abortion nightmare we have now found ourselves in because of five fucking fundamentalist Christian liars who lied on the stand in front of Congress so they could get this shit through eventually. If we want to, sure, if we get out of this nightmare, this will have to be like a giant statue in the Constitution, a new amendment, an addition to a current amendment, something, because it will get taken away from, it will get taken away again. No matter how badly this goes, and trust me, it will go badly. Taking right, taking autonomy away from a facet of someone's life never goes well. Making someone a slave to their biological capabilities is not a good idea. And if you think it's a good idea and you've been listening to my podcast for any length of time, first off, I don't know how you made it through this fucking episode. Congratulations, I guess. But you've been missing the point. Because, and I've said this in numerous episodes, I am biracial, I am disabled, I am a childhood brain cancer survivor. And I grew up surrounded by almost entirely women. I have a unique view of the world because of all of those things. 
And I can just see this is not going to go well. And it's not because I've seen all the shows I've highlighted in this episode. It's because I've just lived. I've lived as an extremely different person from most, if not all, the people around me. I know the possibilities of what I can be separated out of the vectors on which I could be separated out on and not given a shot on and the ways I can be treated because of the circumstances of just the human being I am. And to think that to think that that won't happen, to think that that happening will result in a positive? You're, you're kidding yourself. And, and not only are you kidding yourself, but you clearly haven't experienced the world through the eyes of someone where that's possible. Or where you think that's possible. I, I, and I think for a lot of people, they felt like that was such an unlikely scenario that they that they were better off spending their time and effort towards something else. Well, oops, you gotta pay attention to all of it, and all of it is connected. You know, last thing I'll say, and then I'll jump off my soapbox and end the episode. The other thing about all of these clips is that they are all connected in really key ways. Princess Monoki is about man versus the environment and man eventually losing because it that show that move film really not I'm not even not gonna call it a movie that film recognizes that if humanity fucks up the earth they're not really we're not really fucking up the earth we're fucking up the earth as a place for humans to be on top of. This is a big deal. Like, if we, if we fundamentally cause more climate change, the Earth is a big, unfeeling microcosm of a rock in space. It will always exist. Even if it's in a million pieces, it will always exist in some way. Energy is not created nor destroyed. The thing that will change it's its kind of Goldilocks zone existence for us to exist on it. And if we decide to take away, let's say, every woman on the planet Earth's ability to control her reproductive abilities, we will produce more people. And if we do that without solving the climate change problem, we will worsen the climate change problem. We will also worsen, you know, the divide between the haves and the have-nots. All of these things are all connected. And the, the people making these decisions, the, the minority of people who are making these decisions, because that's what it is. It's a minority of people who believe they're making the right decision because they have some fucked up views about what humans should be able to do with their own bodies. Or what humans should have to answer for 
as a result of polluting the ozone or take your pick on opinions are not looking 20 years out from this or they are and they're seeing the all the things they believe to be positives they believe that more people will mean more people to join the church or more people who will make a better labor force they are not seeing the white the woman in arkansas who can't afford to have another kid but she's going to be forced to so she has to give it up for adoption and there's no one to adopt it so that kid goes into the foster system and that kid gets shopped around for their entire life until they're 18 and then they're on their own. And once they're 18, if they make it that far and they make it with the best possible foster parents who don't abuse them, who gives them loving homes, the whole nine, who don't treat them as tax write-offs, that's another big thing that happens, I'm not kidding, then they are out on their own as just people that who are encountering a system that has that has need of their labor but not the capacity to ensure that they don't get burned out that they don't just get used and thrown away that's not and that kind of person telling them to pull themselves up by their bootstraps is bullshit Especially when you're the reason that they ended up there in the first place. Because you made the decision 18 years ago to ban abortion, to remove the right to abortion across the country. Which means that he, that, that child was born, spent 18 years of just the worst version of life to get to a point where they are now a viable worker. And you don't have a way to ensure that they have a good life. For the, debt, for the debt that they paid on your purchase 18 fucking years ago. That's insane. And, and one of the reasons why anime had produced enough shows where I had a ton of shows to pick from to do an episode like this is because it is made by a by a class of creators who have the imagination and have the intelligence to blend with it to see down the road in these ways can can go back to history and say history repeats itself what can we use in history and repeat and create a just a small section of repetition that we can use in this show in our show to create the scenario in which a monster like the vampire twins from um from black lagoon could be created what what is the consequence we could create to make the basis for a show like trigon what kind of like weird twisted capitalist 
stuck in the system you got nature could reuse to create a character like Jigo or create a slightly more egalitarian but shackled by the that same system character like Lady Eboshi. None of these creators are creating in a vacuum, clearly. And none of them are not a drawing necessarily from solely fiction. There is a, like a kernel of reality in every single clip I put in all three clips I played for you. And that kernel of reality is something they've used to extrapolate out from. Whether it be the consequence of trying to catch this one person so you can afford to fix this giant light bulb in the in the in the distant yonder where you but you might destroy your entire town doing it therefore there's nothing left for that power to go to therefore you're fucked but in a different new fun way or whether it be the abortion laws of a random unnamed european eastern european soviet bloc country that might fuck up the entirety of that might ripple out to a lawless land of dipshits and assholes that is nowhere near it that is in the southeast asian pacific sea or whether that be a guy who just wants to get rich or a woman who needs a tremendous amount of money for the thing she's trying to do and has, and has found a way to do that and doesn't really realize what those consequences could look like because she has so many things that she's promised herself out to that she thinks that the ends will justify the means until she realized that the ends and the means are way bigger than she saw. And on that note, um, if you like this episode, this is not a normal episode of the of Lunchbox Radio on Thursday. Usually Thursdays are focusing on one single show. It's just this this was such a big, like, this was, this week, because of the Supreme Court's supremely asshole decisions, this is such a big deal that I wanted to cover it in the Thursday show, because I thought it should be covered in the Thursday show. I wanted to, like, add perspective in a way that maybe you hadn't thought about anime in, because... I, and I've said this a bunch of times on this podcast and to people who have asked me, like, how did you decide a podcast? I've said, like, well, first, I sat down and watched hundreds of hours over, hundreds of hours of, of anime over two decades. And then I said, hey, I like these podcasts an awful lot, and I think I have enough here finally to just not run out of shows ever, especially if I will do as I've been doing and keep consuming content like a crazy person. Um, so I have, like... And I don't necessarily 
have a huge catalog. I have like a couple hundred, which is a big catalog of shows to like pick from that I've seen. And I'm adding more every season, obviously. But I do have, but that cup, but that couple hundred that probably approaching somewhere in the thousand range at this point is enough to have a big selection and look at that selection from a thousand yards away and say, oh, I can use these shows and I can use these shows to like talk about this or that or the other thing. And like I said, usually the third day show is much different. It's about a single show or property, sometimes a live action movie or a live action show. Um, this week, once again, because of the big decision for the Supreme Court, the big Supreme Court's decisions rather, I wanted to do something very different, much more intensive, much more almost audio essay, video essay-like, except I don't like being on camera, so I'm not using my um, webcam. But on that note, Sunday editions are much more like this. They're much more metatextual. They're much more industry-focused, um, fandom-focused, that kind of thing. I'm not sure what I'm going to do for a Sunday edition this time because I used a Sunday edition-like thing for this episode, but we'll see. And on that note, um, if you like this, definitely subscribe. Look out for more episodes in the feed in wherever you're listening to me right now. I will talk to you, I think, on next Sunday. I think on next Sunday. I'm pretty sure. Until then, I've been Alex, and this has been Lunchbox Radio. And, you know... Be good to people, man. Like, it's not worth it to be mean to people. No matter what you believe. I'll talk to you later.